0: time is 8:30 you're listening to WART Word Radio the time is once again for demo or bust 2010 My name is Sigflup. This is episode two of Dumberbush 2010, uh, a program um, narrating the construction of a demo. And uh, this episode, we're not going to have too much content uh, regarding that specifically. <coughs> Excuse me. Because uh, it turns out I'm a complete git, right? And uh, I did something that you're really not supposed to do. I was going to talk about this tracker I've been working on uh, for a while but i <laughs> i typed uh i typed uh r m dash uh r f uh space asterisk in my root directory as root <laughs> so yeah that's gone i mean i had a i had a backup from four months ago, so i haven't lost that much of that much much work right but i i was working on a couple of projects in the The past four months, but they're getting kind of crufty, right? So I'm kind of seeing it as um, an opportunity to start over again. And uh, so I'm going to start over again with my tracker. Um, It was textual, the one I had. Uh, This one is going to be graphical, so I'm going to probably touch up my GUI a little bit. And uh, the theme music that you heard, we actually have theme music. uh, this episode, and I'm thinking we should keep this theme music because I really like this song. Maybe we should change it, but this is actually from a, a demo, uh, from 1998. Um I believe it was from Abduction Party. It was released. Uh, the PYOUT uh, address on that is www.piaut.net slash prod.php question mark which equals 11555. Zero. The PYOUT ID is 11550, one, one, five, and it's a really cute demo. You should watch it, by all means. Um. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a DOS demo, so you can watch it in DOSBox if you're using Linux and whatnot. Uh, this particular episode, uh, we are going to be talking a lot about SoftSense, because the the project that I I kind of was working on I'm I'm sort of complete with it is um, a software synthesizer uh, for a friend's demo and uh, this is a 4K and uh, the synthesizer is about about 1K so let me play a clip of that it's not released yet this is for 2010 so uh, I can only play like a few seconds because otherwise it would kind of be releasing it right so let let me play that for you Uh, software synthesizers what is a software synthesizer well uh, well, software synthesizers is the bloody art uh, well not the literal bloody art at least I would hope not the literal bloody art of um, writing programs that generate the music uh, by not calling a b- whole bunch of API calls or anything like that, uh, by pushing bytes out to the speaker. And uh, it's kind of pure, and they're kind of fun to write, to be honest with you. If you're at all interested in this, I uh, recommend that you read the source code to one particular synthesizer that kind of stands out for me just in its simplicity and its how easy it is to read. Um, the PYOUT ID on this is 18347. The URL is wwwpioutnet slash prod.php question mark which equals 18347. And uh, the synthesizer is by Joopy. and This is a 64K for a bunch of different platforms. You can compile it on the BSDs or, or Linux or Mac OS or anything, anything you really want to that has uh, OpenGL and C, pretty much. And uh, fortunately, uh, the package uh, that they're releasing uh, has the synthesizer separated in a separate directory. Um, and there's a separate program. There's a makefile, if you just want to run it really quick, and that will dump to foo. And uh, foo being the raw sound of it, there is a play.sh, which you can... Look at which would give you directions on how to convert that to a WAV file. Uh, should that be what you want to do? And uh, let me play the output that of that for you real quick. So this is a uh, Jumpy soft synth uh, from a demo called Origami. what is the song made of? Well, the song is made out of uh, very basic things. Uh, If you look at the source code, for instance, you have files like uh, oscillator.h. There are a lot of h files. Just one c file. Uh, You have sequencer.h, filter.h, envelope.h, delay.h. It's it's really simple. Um, You have uh, a sequencer of some sort. Um, that will um, send notes in proper time to oscillators. And uh, these oscillators output a sine wave or buzz wave or noise for drums or something like that. And um, then most of the time, this output is uh, then um, multiplied by an envelope. Uh, which is also triggered by the sequencer uh, so you have a see so you have a tone that comes uh, from your oscillator and this tone has a melody to it and uh, the sequencer has a trigger uh, for every note uh, and uh, the trigger uh, starts, um, the, um, starts the starts the Proper phase for an envelope filter, so you have uh, from zero to one, say, whoop, 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 whoop. and then you multiply that by the output of the oscillator. So you have. Doot, 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 doot. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if my singing works too well for that, and uh, so like that's the basic idea. And say you wanted to put that through uh, a cutoff filter of uh, that that is. Modulating from a low cutoff to a high mo- cutoff, for instance. So you have, <laughs> and uh, that's it. It's the construction of these these, these simple ideas. And um, as long as you call an oscillator uh, repeatedly for every sample, and you have some sort of uh, time information that is being incremented, or something like that, that you can produce a wave from. And maybe the sequencer is using that time information uh, to send uh, different um, events to oscillators and envelope generators and and whatnot. Uh, That's it. And it's the combination of these things, which is is really cool. I'm going to play, let me play a software synthesizer uh, that I wrote. And this one is actually using a sample. It's using a 64K uh, drum loop. It's kind of a drum and bassy sort of thing. And... uh, it's with any sort of drum and bassy sort of thing, uh, you have to have the almond break. It's just like a law. <laughs> and, uh, so I got this, I got the, the, um, the sample down to about 40k by using, uh, delta modulation instead of PCM and, uh, then compressing that. I got down to like 30 bytes or something like that. Um, so the synthesizer is written within the compression ratio of the sample. And there's totally enough room for a demo, too, uh, off of that as well. So, this is uh, one of mine, and we'll be right back. How this one was constructed, or how this one plays rather, is uh, you have um, a drum loop um, that loops. That's the imita- my imitation of the drum loop. And uh, you have a sequencer, and uh, this sequencer um, controls um, uh, on the drum loop uh, particular bits of uh, where the sample is in the drum loop. And uh, it zores these bits together. Uh, it says zor bits 5 and zor bits 12. And uh, that way you get sort of a binary sort of rhythm from it. And uh, that's where a lot of the cut-off sort of... <coughs> sort of uh, effects come from. And uh, if you have a repeating portion of the sample that's small enough, you get kind of a flangey noise and that's, that's really present. Uh, the other um, technique that is in there is we have um, the sample uh, gets played um, a portion of it, a variable-sized portion of it, this variable-sized again controlled by a sequencer um, within the software synth code uh, that gets played over and over again and uh, it's position in time gets incremented uh, at a variable speed, again controlled by the sequencer, um, creating kind of a sort of time stretch sh- sort of sound. If Maybe you're more familiar with uh, hearing voices that sh- go like this. That sort of time stretch. And uh, that's where the beginning for instance comes from. And uh, in addition to that, uh, there is a sine wave oscillator uh, that is multiplied by an envelope and then that is passed through a resonance filter. And uh, that's pretty much all there is to that, uh, that synthesizer. Now, let me play another synthesizer. This is uh, by my friend Gargai. This one is from a demo called uh, Neuron. And uh, this is a very small synthesizer. Um, the source code for this one. Uh, Let me tell you where you can actually find the source code for this one. I don't know quite offhand, but once we get back, I will have that information for you. So uh, we'll be right back, and I hope you enjoy this one. It's real short, but it's pretty cool. Welcome back, kids. Uh, I do have a a slight correction. Um, I had mentioned before this synth, I had mentioned um, that it's, when I said sine wave, I meant to say buzz wave, Uh, so corrections and uh, no blasphemies or anything like that, right? Um, The synth that you just heard, uh, you can find the source code, too. the, um, address for this is http, uh, colon slash slash g-a-r-g-a-j dot u-m-l-a-u-t dot h-u slash t-e-m-p slash s-y-n-t-h underscore dot c-p-p that is gargai dot umlauts dot h-u slash temp slash synth dot c-p-p and, um, this, i don't know the type of song that we're going to get to next. After the song that we're going to play next, we're getting into our main feature of uh, the program, uh, which I'll describe in a second here. This next song um, is off of a 64K, but I don't know the details of its construction. Uh, But uh, if you want to watch this demo, it's uh, by a group called Trash. I'm sorry, the name of the the demo is called Trash by a group called Unlock Design. Uh, the Piot ID for this one is 31004. And, uh, Gargai did the music for this one too. The music is called Grimmsphere. And, uh, we'll be right back after this with a pretty lead interview with, the uh, Polaris of Northern Dragons. And, uh, I hope you enjoy. Polaris of the Northern Dragons. How are you doing, Pol- Polaris? I'm
1: good.
0: He's uh, stopping by Minneapolis, kind of my hometown, uh, for personal reasons. And uh, hmm, we were just talking about, before we started recording here, we were just talking about how the Northern Dragons, uh, well, you, first of all, what is the Northern Dragons? Just for well,
2: the Northern Dragons the is, is a demo scene group. Yeah. Uh, it was founded officially with name on the 12th of January of 2001. Okay. And it was founded in my hometown of Winnipeg,
1: uh,
2: Manitoba in Canada, and with two other people, uh, Hawk uh, or Jay, whom traveled to Assembly uh, in August of 2001 for our first... Uh, competition.
0: Was he, the, was he the only member going to Assembly for your first he competition? He was the only
2: member. So what happened was Jay and I went overseas to Assembly, and that's how the Northern Dragons got its first official production uh, see. at a competition. Uh, there was one other member who wrote the music uh, for our, our production. Uh, did a very, very nice job. Unfortunately, the graphics and the rest of it were far too ambitious as... Anyone's first sort of demo project is, you have great dreams, and and at the time, DirectX 8 was just coming out, and we, on top of writing our first demo engine, ported it to DirectX 8 uh, in the midst of our development stream. Mm. Yeah, and it was uh, it was pretty crazy to, to put it together. So it was overly ambitious, uh, but that was fine. Uh, it got us a taste of, of a party. What what'd you, what you place, out of curiosity?
0: We didn't.
2: You didn't? Um, technically. Okay. I think what ended up happening with our production was that, I mean, it was unfinished mm-hmm. for one thing. Yeah. So we ended up just blasting it in there, right? Um, I think we had some lame thing in there at, at the tail end, which said, hey, we love all the demo sceners. We didn't finish this, but we came a gazillion miles, and we wanted to, you know, put our, our hat in the bucket, so to speak. And
0: uh, they're rating so applause when...
2: Uh, it didn't hey, make it to the big screen, game. right? Yeah. You know, so you know at the larger European parties well, I wasn't that
0: aware that uh, jury, has it,
2: right? so jury has
0: it I wasn't aware that uh, uh, particular ones don't make it to the big mm-hmm. screen I figured
2: most North American parties like especially uh, block party with Radman and Jason Scott
1: yeah.
2: are you know the, the North American scene being sort of a smaller you know fledgling still growing activity right yeah uh you know, one that has had fits, fits, and starts, right, um, has been in a situation where, you know, they're sitting, hey, you know, we're trying. There's a lot of people that, that are, are developing groups for the first time. So they want people to get that zing. They want to get people to get that excitement about having their production on the screen. So ah. they'll tend to include... More, and there's less productions, right? I mean, there were yeah. 80 demos or 100 demos in 2001 Holy that went into crap. assembly. That's so to have a viewing of 80 to 100 demos is completely First impossible. First of all, that takes,
0: yeah, that takes a long, a long time.
2: Yeah, to do the screening, absolutely. So, so if you're,
0: if you, are, were you aware? I'm out of curiosity for assembly. Are you aware that your demo is going to be shown? Are you not aware? What or do you have to wait until... A hundred
2: of one and go, Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened um, during that time, and I can't speak about how it's been since, because I haven't attended any assembly since, but what happened during assembly 2001 was they actually published a list of the demos that made it for the big screen. Um, and uh, they had this uh, you post, you know, d- are you c- angry that your demo didn't make it you know, talk to us, you know, we'll tell you why type of thing, right? So uh, we weren't angry. We we knew it was unfinished. It was, you know, not screen worthy at the time. But it gave us our start. And the following year, we we sort of went through this identity crisis. Like, well, we obviously can't travel. We have great friends now in Finland and people that can join us and, and participate with us in this network. Do we create another production or not, and what will we make?
1: Yeah.
2: And we ended up releasing a, a, a somewhat less but more ambitious because we decided to do a 4K. Yeah. Which which naively you go, well, hey, you know, that's 4K. 4K, right, exactly. How can I know? go wrong? How can, you know, how... Um, how hard can it possibly be Right You know I mean You've only got 4K Right yeah. And so we released Something that was And it was sort of The dawn of 4Ks Becoming like the new int- Like the new demo Right Yeah Because 4Ks now Are far more sophisticated And ambitious
1: It's than 4Ks now
0: uh, It seems to me uh, Have reached the quality Of 64Ks
2: Yeah Exactly Exactly It's pretty freaky but and, and 64Ks are the new demo Right Yeah so Pretty much so, at the time, you know, some 4Ks were butterflies flying across the screen, and that was it. You know, the music was, was uncommon, or if present, was probably MIDI music, right? Yeah. Uh, so, synthesized music was not something that was you know, you know, really happening in 4 k It
0: seems to be, as currently, that seems to be uh, the, um, what's in vogue is to have some sort of software synthesizer that the demo group has written for it. Or something like that, it seems that's the most popular. I don't know, like uh, maybe it's not you have more experience at demos than, than I do, but it seems like
1: that well, is uh, the in d-
2: any given four kilobyte um, typically now, because MIDI, while you may have great output dependent upon having a fantastic sound card, yeah right isn't standard enough and you have no guarantee of where you're... Where the you're standard
0: are. doesn't sound so nice. Yeah. Like what, you, what you're guaranteed among others. If, if you're using
2: the soft sense present within the OS, you're pretty much got, you know, unless you're going for that specific feel for some reason. Uh, then there's other things like uh, stealing sounds out of DirectX. There's GM GMDLS, uh, which is uh, has all your MIDI sounds within wave format. You know, local to the OS. Yeah. And, and then you can do the old trick, which would happen back in the DOS days. That's when you used trick. to dump your... Well, in back in the DOS days, uh, with like Gravis ultrasound or what have you, if you wanted to have uh, you know your, your wave fonts, for lack of a better term, you would dump the data out of the wave tables of the sound card. Yeah. So you would access the sound of, of the trumpet or this or that or the other thing, and you would then... Uh, Alter the buffer of data to whatever you wanted it to be, uh, and use that as a basis, right? Sort of like a, a starting point, and do your own sound synthesis that way, uh, and get your sound fonts basically. Yeah. So it's no different, but now it's part of DirectX and the oh. DirectX, you know, Direct Audio package, right?
0: Oh, I see. So this is mind. I mind you, I mostly write stuff for Linux, right? Yep. Yep. So So. Uh, it's a part of DirectX, so a lot of these sound glyphs, if you will, are a lot more portable among uh, combo machines.
2: Right. Well, you know, you, you with the 4K stuff, and I've talked about it before, uh, having found it you know, in 4K at underground.net, right? Yeah. Um, which, you know, we'll, we'll get back on track because it's been... You know, there's some cobwebs that need dusting and, and some, some... Ladies and gentlemen, that
0: was http colon slash slash uh, n4k.undergrund.net U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D dot net? Yep. underground. Dot
2: net? U-N-D,
0: underground.
2: Yeah. If you type n4k into Google, just I-N-4-K, you will find a link to it just like that. Yep. So, and, and simple as that. And it's like the only portal dedicated to 4K interdevelopment. Yeah. Uh, and we have had community uh, participation and we'll, we'll make it uh, into some forums and stuff there as well. I think we'll probably make it an invitation only uh, or, you know, ask us. It's not that we want to be exclusive, but we're getting spammed to death. So ah. we'll probably shut the doors on it uh, just to have it as a, you know, for the people that it's meant for, right? You know, and anyone else... You know, we may give a view access or something like that. So something.
0: So this is a this is an online community of people uh, that um, like to develop 4K demos. Now, have you as in this community like have you released anything for in 4K? Is there a, a
2: in 4K or is it just
0: gen more general than that?
2: Well, uh, I've written several 4Ks or have been involved with the creation of several 4Ks. Yeah. Right. Uh, and. Uh, in 4k first came out from a talk i gave a pilgrimage uh and one of the things i wanted to give people at that was a persistent resource that they could go to so i created a a 50 meg iso image and i you know burned it to uh these business card size cd-roms that were you know, for people that wanted to include you know media presentation stuff on the business card, yeah, uh, literally was like a, a disk that was smaller than usual that had been cut. Yeah, so I've seen those. Fit. Those are
0: pretty neat yeah. as, as, as far as business cards are concerned.
2: But I think it had a capacity of 100, you know, meg or something, and, and 50 was perfect, right? So yeah. created an image, uh, an ISO image, burned it, gave them out, uh, and I don't know how it happened with Tonic uh, from TOT. Uh, which is uh, a demo group that I'm also somewhat involved with very inactively, uh, but I'm on the members list and
0: Wait, T-A-T, T-A-T. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I know. I
0: know. So. That's pretty cool. You have some involvement. Yeah. Okay, cool.
2: So yeah, I suppose I'm a North American in a in a Finnish group technically. Yeah. Yeah. On
0: well, the internet,
2: right? Exactly. Yeah, so. Well, the Northern Dragons wouldn't exist without the internet, to be honest. Um, after having traveled to Finland, how do you continue on, right? Well, we're a North American group. At the time, Pilgrimage didn't exist, right, as a North American demo uh, party. <laughs> uh Was Nade
0: before pilgrimage? Nade was
2: before pilgrimage, yeah. And 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 pilgrimage didn't
0: exist.
2: Yeah, so what happened was Nade occurred three times, I believe, Uh, albeit that was not, I wouldn't say before my time, I was a fan of the demo scene at the time. Yeah. But uh, being a kid growing up in the prairies, I didn't have the resources at the time to travel to Nade, which would have been lovely, but it just wasn't possible. And and I certainly could have convinced my parents... If I had any capacity of explaining what it meant to my parents, I might have had a chance of going. But, you know, trying to explain these things to my parents... My parents can't even explain what I do for my job, much less what I do for my hobbies, right? So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it was difficult easier. to
0: explain to the public.
2: You know, three years Perfectly. ago, it was easier. Um, and, and even now, like, trying to explain to a non-technical person, right, when I, I've got family here, I'm visiting family, um, you know, doing some driving, you know, and, and you know, chatting and, and talking about things. Like, okay, so what do you have going on tomorrow night? Well, I'm going to be talking about the demo scene. Well, what's that? And, and, and you know, two and a half hours later, doing a long drive, afterwards you sit there and say, okay, so you got it? No. <laughs> At <laughs> least well, they okay. admitted that they they get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you family, right? You can you can say those things. So. Yeah. But uh, you know the so the internet was an active part of the 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 birth of the Northern Dragons because we consciously decided, okay, we need to 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 go further, right? We we got another member, Syntax, uh, who's participated with us earlier on. Then the birth of his daughter sort of took him away for a while, and he hasn't sort of come back, but we hope he will soon. Mm. Um, And he's fantastic. He's sort of a bit of a transplant, because he's actually from the UK and immigrated to to Canada, and he's now a Canadian citizen. Um, And and with him, he knows of assembly. He knows of these events, right, having the the, the sort of a a European upbringing, right, the demo scene is on foreign to him. The fact that he found the demo scene active in his backyard in Winnipeg, Manitoba, was... You know, astonishing, right? So he was very happy to, to join us, uh, and and become you know one of our, our members. And, and he's we've co-authored articles for for webzines together, like Hoogie, which we were involved in in the past. Yeah. And uh, and so on. And so we pulled him in, and then O Juice was still around at the time. Ah. And we did a marketing campaign for Better Term, and we went to every single senior that had the word Canada. In his, uh, in his profile, and we spammed them. Yeah. And that's how we got Barzul for sure. So um, that's how Barzul came
0: Barzul in.
2: Barzul came in because he had a profile on Ojuice, and he joined us. We adopted uh, his buddy Patrick, Blacklight, uh, at ah. the time as well. So Blacklight was a friend of, of Barzul's, I'm not, you know, and he came on, on board as well. And Guybrush, I believe, came in through that, uh, we also had Patrick Groove that had joined us for a while there, but then left the scene entirely for a while.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and we also had Estec And Estek, uh was actively involved with us, uh, then decided to... We uh, had a bit of a breakup and then a, then a coming to terms with it. Uh, he decided to found his own group, uh, which, which we were cool with, but he sort of was trying to keep a foot in both of our worlds. Yeah. And at the time, the Northern Dragons was still very ferocious in his upbringing. Right, you know, we were trying to become a force to be reckoned with, right? And everything was uphill. You know, our, we were developing demo engines. We we're very protective of our technology, trying to get 4K's, and trying to, to in some ways, really compete with the European scene, right, on their on their own terms. Yeah. Right? Um, and then afterwards, you know, so we sort of we got kind of ticked off because you know a question of intellectual property, right, and 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 the use of our code, his code these things had come up. And we really? sort of had this, this oh, sense okay. of, you know, we're cool with whatever as long as you don't try to, like, take us to task with our own tech, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then we just sort of, like, I don't know, we just came to age when developing the scene became more important than anything else, right? And so, you know, we thought about, ha- and, and we're happy to collaborate with them. Right, we're happy to collaborate with other groups, and we do collaborate with other groups okay. very openly. Um, so, you've seen a lot of things with um, explosive and the Northern Dragons, for example, uh, in part because of Guybrush and, and uh, Black Pond being in the same uh, location as Seattle, right? A
0: lot of
2: things with explosives? Yeah, XPLSV.
0: Okay, what is, what is that? Uh,
2: that is, a I believe, originally a Spanish group that has uh, some Americans uh, in the group.
0: Oh, so, I
2: see. Yeah. so uh, as,
0: as far as the conflict with, the, with Aztec, it, it seems to me that Aztec had, had written some tools. He split, sort
2: of, and well, then he we continued to tools. use his tools. No, actually, anything that he wrote, he owns. Okay. We would never, ever pretend to have any claim to it. Yeah. Right? Um, I think our concern was him using things that, that weren't his. That we had... Other members that had written things, you know, uh, especially a gargantuan amount of code that I wrote, right? Just ridiculous reams of code, right? Yeah. And so we were we were concerned uh, about that, and and he re-implemented a lot of the same ideas that we had, right? He just wrote it all himself, so he just debaked his own, right? Um, same ideas and same, you know, reproducing the same effects, right? Yeah. So that's
0: it's just uh, for for audience here that seems to be a, a lot. Of, uh, that seems to be common among demo uh, groups is there's a strong motivation to have your own stuff. If you, like, if someone releases a demo tool, for instance, if you use that tool, it seems to me that that would be something that is frowned frown upon to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. the tool is you, it's so easy to create a demo and it's so obvious that this, pe- these, this group mm-hmm. has used this tool... Well, I think there's machines. a couple of
2: reasons for it, right? Like, the demo scene is motivated by uh, an intense need to get satisfaction about hacking, for lack of a Pushing the machine past its supposed limits, right? Um, now it has evolved over time, right? There was a time doing any kind of demo effect was pushing the machine <laughs> past its, its limits, right? You yeah. know, uh, fake color modes were, were, were important in commonplace, right? Uh, how do you get more colors showing on the screen than you expected? Uh, higher resolution tricks, right? Um, you know, the, the the supposed X mode, right? Pushing uh, your number of uh, pages you have, smooth scrolling. All of these things were, were technologies that... People were, you know, if they figured out how to how to do it, they were kind of protective about how they did it. And the whole game was having that wow factor, like, wow, how the hell did you ever do that? That's the reason why you see demos and, and, and productions that say, I have X number of faces on this polygon, you know, yeah. or on this on this object, pardon me. Uh, and People and are,
0: are shitting themselves, going, holy shit.
2: Yeah, or the number of sprites. That many polygons? Are,
0: what the fuck?
2: Yeah, exactly. Are that many sprites?
0: So like a lot of limitations for like uh, for like the Nintendo, for instance, you can't have eight sprites per uh, scan line. Uh, so that's a limitation. But there are hacks around this. There are hacks around like the the Commodore sixty four not having a border, and, and other various things. Or, or
2: even just causing your VGA uh, line to move as you w- move the screen down, so you yeah. create a wobbling effect. right? Yeah,
0: the wobbly sort of sort of effect.
2: Yeah. So there was a lot of, of, of you know kind of protection you know being protective about it at first right and then what i think happened there is that people that really wanted to push the limits of the machine to a degree started focusing to a, you know to a portion on the on the 4k's and the and the 64k's yeah because things started to, to shift where production started to also have an aesthetic and artistic comp- you know quality to them right and, and also started to matter uh, not only what you were, you know, saying, right? Uh, not only how you were saying it, but what you were saying, right? So there was a real drive to have content. Whereas before, you know, hey, you know, you had a, a rotozoomer with some naked tits on it or something, you know, that was, that was the, you know, the type of, of artwork uh, that was common in the scene. Yeah. uh now you know it's
0: still m- kind of funny like on Piaut, the the responses to anything with boobs the, the p- boobs oh like yeah at Well, least even three of them party meister the voting system is,
2: is named boobs right and that's, yeah. that's the reason why i mention it you know it's, it's uh, be, because and, and I think the dragons sort of got frustrated with that at a certain point because we had sort of thought okay well our production didn't rank well why didn't it well it <laughs> should have well next time we I should fear. have somebody holding you know Finlandia vodka you know naked you know and then we definitely get it right and, and I think that was part of the, the joke that we had with, with Evo uh, which was a 4 kil- kilobyte production uh, as a tip of the hat to the Linux community uh, which was a penguin that went down.
0: Ah, uh, so that was a that was a tip that I had of the Linux community. Of course, and okay. in fact, we have a
2: we do have uh, a Linux version of that production. I don't think it was ever released because there was some flaw that we had that we just didn't want to didn't spend time fixing up. But we do have the graphics running for that production in Linux.
0: And, uh, and later on, I believe, you released a, a wild sort of mm-hmm. uh, uh, the same thing,
2: pretty well, much. We, we, uh, yeah, I mean what we'll was funny ahead. about that was uh, Barzul had this great claymation uh, system going on in Cinema 40 that, that he had designed this claymation module or something.
1: Yeah. And,
2: but the problem was he only had a P3-450 at the time. Right. So we did not have the capacity to render it. So the Northern Dragons basically became this distributed render farm where we kept all of our <laughs> machines up you know, running this, this client in order to you know, do all the computation that we had. And, and what was funny about it was uh, the the time we were running our own server for ho- hosting our files... Yep. and for hosting our uh, concurrent interversion system because we were running CVS at the time. We're now using Subversion. Yeah,
0: CVS and not so much. I, I don't like CVS much. I mean, it's, that's, that's a whole... At the time, CVS was
2: excellent for us, yeah. right? And because we had nothing. Before that, I think we were an Group, which was bought by Yahoo!, and so, you know, we had a Yahoo eGroup, which had, like, 20 meg of files or something ridiculously small. Yeah. We bought Professional Hosting, which had 100 meg at the time, you know, which was some amount of coin, because, you know, this is going back away. You
0: so know? the so Northern Dragons network, if you will, mm-hmm. seems to me to be a repository and maybe a mailing list, or how what, do you guys communicate with each other?
2: What uh, we have is... Uh, you know, we have tried a couple things over time, right? The most core things we do is we have two types of repositories. We have a source repository, like Subversion, which we have now. Yeah. And we have something we call the File Repo, uh, which now Northern Dragons members have F- S- SFTP to a, a secure location uh, where we can use that in order to store our files. Uh, and all of that is stored into a single repository. We also have like a protected, uh, encrypted uh, HTTPS interface which we had running uh, when we ran our own server. Right now we have gone with a a hosting provider to have that available without hassle, Uh, and I haven't brought over the file repo. The advantage with the file repo is that a lot of the artist community uh, isn't like, you know, musicians or, or graphicians may not necessarily have the operating system background to use SFTP clients, right? So like, what, what the heck is this?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, what, what's, what's this S on my FTP, right? Uh, and, and having like a web interface where they can just log in with their user ID and password, uh, go to the directory, you know, select browse and then upload mm-hmm. was fantastic. Uh, PHP was definitely finicky because we were using PHP for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was a pain in the butt because it would have a timeout potentially depending on the size of the file. But it sure beats somebody trying to use Mailman to send a binary and then having that in our archives forever uh, as because uh, we do keep all of our, our history. And what's amazing about the dragons
1: wow. uh, that
2: we're very lucky with it is that we have used the mailing list for our internal communication since day one.
1: Yeah,
2: um, And we have kept all of those messages and we've managed to migrate from provider to provider to hosting uh, and we've kept a history of those.
1: Wow so we I have am the impressed. very
2: first you know January of 2001 we have the very first few messages that we had. Uh, we also used to use TeamSpeak in order to do voice communications huh. as one of our members in Toronto uh, that was involved with us was ran a gaming company. And he used to sell uh, the service uh, as a, you know, hosting games, right, for people with multiplayer, right? And he used to sell uh, TeamSpeak, and he donated, you know, part of his business to the Northern Dragons for us to be able to use TeamSpeak, to sort of use it as you would use Skype or something like now, uh, today. Uh, but we found, to be honest, uh, that to be kind of a pain, because... There was enough lag with it, we were and, and we were always trying to, you know, overriding each other because there was enough lag with the Teamspeak, and maybe Skype isn't so bad. It might
0: be kind of fun to set up a conference line, to be honest with
2: you. You know, the the only thing with that was the conventional conference lines cost megabucks, so yeah. and, and Teamspeak gave us the same thing. The only problem there was a little bit of a lag, and so you didn't know how long to wait for somebody to respond to you, and you had no <laughs> other physical cues, right? So we literally had this game of pass the moose hat. Right, It's like, okay, Guybrush, what do you think? Then Guybrush is like, Pat, what do you think? You know, like, or whatever, right? We sort of have this rotating, like a token ring network, yeah. right? You know, we suddenly, you know, <laughs> we're, we're using this, these, these protocols in order. So finally, I think the first time I met Guybrush, because he'd been involved with this almost a year before we had a party where we met, uh, you know, it's like, wow, I can talk to you, and I don't have to wait <laughs> you know, it was just It was brilliant for us to be able to actually Sit down and have a normal conversation And, and, ch- and share a drink so.
0: uh, We're going to take a break We're going to listen to uh, Binary Alchemy Unfortunately I don't think the microphone is close enough to the screen For you guys to see it So uh, we'll be back in one moment While I check to see if this is actually recorded Laris, founder of the Northern Dragons, and uh, we just listened to uh, Binary Alchemy, which is a demo, mind you. It's not there's visuals that go along with it, so um, it's not just a th- an audio track. But you, sh- you should you should search for it and watch it because it's pretty neat. But uh, Binary Alchemy, that was what party was that released at?
2: Binary Alchemy was released at uh, Envision, Envision, which was a part of NBC. Uh, which was held in San Jose in the summer of 2008, yeah, and it was an absolutely amazing event.
0: Sounds like uh, everyone from everyone who spoke about it sounds sounds like a pretty cool event. We, we had like
2: a, a fantastic time. I think a
0: lot of people came from all over the place.
2: Yeah, that, that was the the thing. Like, there was some. You know, question about you know, is, you know, can North America support two big parties, right?
1: Yeah. You know,
2: can the American demo scene support, and and what you know will this be the biggest American party and things like that, right? So, but and I th- I think I tried to put this out because I had promised Hugi uh, and, and Adoc that I would write you know two articles, uh, one for each event, right? And and when I was going through the, and I was actually finishing both at the same time because lazy like that and was writing to a deadline like most writers do uh, and, and just madly trying to finish a magic magic please wait don't worry I'll get there I'll get there I promise and having him like you know I, I don't know I, I think at some point he was going to call the, the power company and say you know unplug him if he doesn't finish he was he was driving hard towards the deadline he's an amazing taskmaster and so with that you know really I think the thing was was that envision and envy seeing was a international demo party yeah. you know it had a North American presence uh, but it was not strongly North American there's a lot of European groups a lot of European demo singers a lot of people that had traveled and so we had this fantastic uh, mingling and, and it was really sort of a chance for, for these scenes to share a drink talk to each other Reminisce about our old times, their old times, where the scene was going, and it was really amazing in that sense. It wasn't good to sell it as the best North, you know, best American party because it didn't really feel like an American party per se. Uh, it was really an international party. The quality of the entries was amazing. Uh, the quality of the people that were there were amazing, uh, and the Northern Dragons. Uh, had an, a fantastic production that we were very very happy with, and we were happy uh, to have uh, been at the event.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, do you have any? Um, do you have any? Uh, how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering why it was so popular. It seems like was it? Do you think the fact that Nvidia acknowledged? demo scene with this this party, uh, or do you think Wh- that had nothing to do with it? Or
2: why do I think people went? Like in terms of popularity, in terms of the yeah. number of people that went, like or like it's
0: the number of countries that went, the, the everything. Why, why was this particular one? I mm. you don't mind me asking. No
2: ask anything. Not saying uh, you don't
0: have the an- you have the answers or <laughs> anything like that.
2: I think I that I the organizing community, uh, Temis and uh, Gargay, uh, did an amazing job. Pulling people
1: uh, ah. at
2: the last minute, and and even with the dragons, I think that you know we've been promised some demo machines that didn't arrive. We were kind of should we, shouldn't we? Um, I think a number of us were, and then at some point, you know, to be honest, Gargay just he 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 rang me up, like he he found me on on MSN, and he. Uh, put out an appeal to me and the next thing I knew I was going with, with you know, people within the scene community I hadn't seen for ages yeah. and said, hey, scene is going to be something special. Get, get your butt on a plane and go down to scene. And he'd really elicited that with us.
0: Uh, Our guy, what an active motherfucker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I, I didn't know, I'm kind of new to the Nemo scene, mm-hmm. right? As of 2007. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew very little to yeah. be honest with you about the demo scene. And so, uh, this last block party, I'm at Gargoyle for the first time. Mm-hmm. I called him Gargoyle a couple of times. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah.
0: Just because I didn't know this person, I didn't didn't know anything about him. And I, I started to learn about him uh, after the party. And I'm, I'm impressed by the... So he helped out organize the NV scene as well as Timmins, you say.
2: Yeah, Timmins.
0: He's telling you, this is going to be something special. You've got to come down.
2: Yep, and... and Gargai and I had gone back a while in terms of our scene correspondence, right? Yeah. Uh, and Kim and, and, and Guybrush also, right? So Guybrush was, like, very much pro-indie scene to, to go. And, and to be honest, we just figured, what do we have to lose, you know? I mean, the Northern Dragons was present during the first pilgrimage as well, right? And it was funny because I remember some people... Because we had an amazing 4K called Ethereum that I'm very, very proud of. Ethereum. That was written strictly in assembly. Uh, right. uh, really? Yeah. No no higher-level language was injured in the making of our source code. Don't and recall
0: that one offhand. I'll have to go home and watch it, yeah. to be honest with you.
2: The one thing with the Ethereum is that it uses direct audio to implement a reverb effect. Yeah. If, if you hear it without the reverb effect, like... Barzul was always like, ah, oh, the music's not so good, you know, type of thing, right? Reverb and, always helps. And, and Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and and we got cheap reverb using the OS, right? But little did we realize at the time, and it took us ages to realize the reason why he wasn't happy with it, was because his computer didn't have it. right? He had a very old sound card that didn't oh. implement it, right? So what he was getting out of this sound, <laughs> and, and what we were experiencing was Cards completely You guys are crazy. Different. What are you talking so, about? This is awful. Yeah, ex- exactly, you know. And so... Uh, and it, it felt very flat, uh, you know, with that. Uh, definitely coders colors, you know, but a, a real uh, attempt at the time to to get into the 4K. Yeah. And, and it was a, a lovely production, uh, and uh, didn't do as well as Trees, which was our previous 4K, but then the stature of the productions had increased the following year that much, right? So everyone <laughs> had that time was like, oh, we're going to make a killer 4K. So all of us went off and made our killer 4K, and then the... the the compo was that much better, right? Uh, and we were showing this because assembly and pilgrimage were timed around the same time. Uh, and we were showing this uh, to, to people at pilgrimage doing, like, exclusive viewings. Like, yeah. this is going to be shown in Finland in, you know, two hours, you know, type <laughs> of thing, right? And and the people were saying, well, why didn't you submit it here, right? Because we released Forest, which was just a ridiculous, written in the airport, you know, Tech was teasing me, saying, I ki- you know, I, I mugged some kid's source code out of his lunch bag or something, you know, to pull this thing. Because yeah. then I was madly cracking away. Um, buggy as hell probably will not work on your box, because I had tuned it so tightly, it only worked on a IBM T40 laptop or something like that, which is what I had at the time. Um, because unbeknownst to me, I had, had left something which, you know, wasn't generic anymore, and, and it it's, tuned it too close to the to the box I was running on. It's right?
0: hilarious how that happens with the uh, with projects. You think you're writing something that's fairly really portable among hardware, and then you just you realize that this only works on your computer.
2: The the active work that you do right with 4Ks is that you're always sort of doing this little devilish deal, right? how far do I go in terms of the compatibility scale and still feel comfortable with myself, right? Yeah. You know, you can link by name, then you know for sure that you get the you know, function out of the dynamic link library that you expect, right?
0: Names take up a lot of space.
2: Exactly, right? So what do you do? Well, do you do uh, ordinals and say, I want the fifth function in this library. Well, what if they update the library, right? Then you're in trouble. Or do you do sort of like a mix in between and you ha- use a hash table uh, and you run like an algorithm to say, okay... I'm gonna to create like a key for all of these and mm-hmm. base it on the name, but reduce the name by a, a percentage.
1: I like right? that. I sort of that idea. That yeah, you know,
2: uh, hashed by ordinal type of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and that's a common scene technique to do that. What do What do you end up doing, right? So at first you sort of sit there and you say, Well, I'll never do that, right? And and there have been times with the productions of the dragons. That we've gone like, wow, that's really, you know, having a, you know, at the time, file dropping and cab file dropping, which made your production run as a batch file and had all these really nasty things underneath. It's like, no, we'll never do that, you know. But then you're like, if I only had 400 more bytes, I could put music in. We don't have enough room for music. And the next thing, you know, you're signing the deal, you know, with the devil even further uh, in order to push the limit. But, you know, good design, good budget, you know, deciding up front what you'll do and how you'll do it is a good way to, to do that and really working algorithmically, right? That's the number one thing in terms of crunching yeah. uh, 4Ks down. And and to be honest, you know, after Ethereum, the Northern Dragons started working much more algorithmically with our 4Ks and we did not write any more of them For purely the... in Assembler. I see. So we, we we have some things that have inline assembly, especially around floating point routines. Uh, a lot of the stuff, if we were doing heavy-duty floating-point arithmetic, we would do uh, with uh, assembler, and I'd write the float uh, based on that. But other than that, you know, we, we didn't bother with uh, and just use the built-in uh, code that comes out of a compiler. So.
0: Well, yeah, the, I, I hear that the, uh, the benefit that a lot of people um, feel the benefit from, from using compiler-generated code is it compresses yep. a lot yeah. better.
2: Well, tools like Crinkler, right, which come into the linking step.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, replace the
2: really, bl- link yeah, yeah. for our
0: audience here.
2: Uh, really take into account some of your... Yeah, and it, it's sort of ridiculous, too, because you sit there and you think of a better way that should be smaller, this, that, and the other thing. then, Tricky. Then you implement it and you realize that suddenly your code is less repetitive. Uh, it's a little smarter, a little sort of smaller, but your entropy has gone up, and subsequently your capacity to compress has gone down, and the end of your work is that you either didn't save any space at all, or you took more space, right? So sometimes, like especially doing the same routine three times, well, you do a loop, right? You know, why would you execute the same thing? Well, if you have the code repeated three times, it's quite possible that that actually compresses better and is smaller than having a loop uh, you know, uh, in order to to have it there uh, and controlling the loop, and and very often times we end up unrolling our loops, which seems like madness, but that was working better in terms of compression. Probably
0: so. would work faster, dude. To be honest with you.
2: Yeah. It, well, you unroll loops typically to you know. Not have a bubble. Yeah. For yeah coming exactly. back
0: on a conditional. This loop is done. Executes faster,
2: but like with four Ks speed of execution is rarely your your primary concern.
0: Right? Yeah.
2: Um, and I remember having this chat with Trickster, and I felt like the kid that robbed the candy store from him or something, because we were <laughs> sitting down, and, and he was talking to me, and, and, and we were having a drink. He says, okay, so how exactly do you use music for 4Ks? Well, yeah. well, what do you mean? Yeah, well, how do you like render it? I say, well you take the amount of time that you're playing the music for, you allocate a buffer, 3 meg big, or whatever you need, depending upon mono, stereo, 16, 8-bit, you know, or your hertz, right? So yeah. if you're doing 44, you know, kilohertz with stereo, 16-bit, you're going to need a larger buffer. You render all of your music at the initialization step to your buffer, and then you just call a wave out function. Like you put in the wave header, yeah. Saying this is my music, this is where it's at, you know. It says, and and you know, even worse is you don't even call a malloc function or anything like it. You simply, you know, use your your data definitions, uh, and you have it allocated static, so it's in the stack. And right? The way so the just
0: operating just, system is, or the stack pointer, or I- exactly,
2: you know, so when it loads the exe header, it just
0: stuff.
2: gives you that amount of space right there. So you just you don't even call malloc. You just have this great big buffer, I and you.
0: I got something to tell you. Uh, in Block Party 20, 20, 2007, you were doing a, sen- a seminar. Um, I forgot w- what it was exactly.
2: It uh, could like very well workshop. have been a 4K mm-hmm. workshop, possibly. Oh, and, and
0: me being sort of yeah. kind of naive with demos, I said something like, "Oh, the the uh, the loading bars. That's so stupid. I, there should be no loading <laughs> bars
1: <laughs> yep. whatsoever."
0: Yep. So here I here I am. I'm, I'm doing a, a software synth for 4K, and that's that technique is is what I'm doing. It doesn't take that long, but it's enough to have a loading bar to, right. to render the.
2: You want to give you know people the feedback, and, and yeah, our 4Ks have loading bars, uh, which was, seems a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but we have done it. Uh, and, and you can it's not get not so
0: bad if it's short. I mean, well, I've seen some that has a nice little design that goes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of the fun can be in the loading bar itself, right? And and you know, y- if you want to have it, it doesn't take much because even before you initialize your graphic library, right? If you're doing Windows, you know, or, or something different, yeah. you can use like you know, you can use straight GDI, like your your basic draw me a square repeatedly and fill it. Right. Yeah. So draw a black square. You know, clear the screen, and then draw me a white rectangle. You know, and and increase it as it goes across the screen. Right, uh, a white-filled rectangle, and it, it doesn't take much in order to give the user that feedback. Probably the hardest thing, and that's something that happens with binary alchemy, is if you're doing if you've got okay, let's, let's ah, load our the objects.
0: spinning? So. I remember they had the, the that was the yeah the they, scan sort of whatever.
2: What yeah. happened was right,
0: well, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, what were you gonna
2: the, with with we'll binary alchemy, variety. right? Um,
0: Sound like you're getting at something there.
2: You have these routines that say, like, you might load music objects, you might load texture objects, you might load things off disk, then you start doing some calculations. Right near the tail end of binary alchemy, it's doing the heaviest calculation set that it's got. Right? Ah. And.
0: What is it doing? Is it radiosity. radiosity. Oh, you do radiosity? And, and yeah. Wow. I think that's the, is, was that for the stair sort of Escher sort of? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that looked pretty
1: cool.
2: And and so, and part of the the, the other thing was, was that when you look at it, you, you'll see it. In the middle, we have sort of a, the Dragon's logo done uh, with rice paper that Guybrush had done an amazing wood cut of. Yeah. And uh, it was a new logo design that we had that was, was the more spherical in its nature, so very, very perfect for the, for the production. And... Because it was centered in the middle, and there wasn't really any difference between the left and the right sides, uh, we had these areas o- on it, which the idea was that the, the dragon's logo would appear as you went across. Uh, but the left and right sides of the rice paper were the same. So you lost this feedback, this visual feedback, because your progress bar wasn't showing anything new. Uh, because of which, you know, sp- the very first few frames. It was drawing just the parchment that was already there, right? Like the the background paper. And then the Dragon's logo would start appearing. It would finish the Dragon's logo and then it would continue and draw some more bars of the, of the paper. But the paper was already there so it was just showing the logo appearing, right? Yeah. So the problem there was that we didn't have consistent feedback. So we had this sort of the suspension of, of disbelief where everyone's like, is it hung? Is it running? He's like, no, 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 it's all good, right? And I remember were saying, okay, pop your acid tablet now. It's <laughs> just sort of to break the tension. And uh, then, you know, the production starts and, and, and it has that, you know, just erythral music just hitting, right, that, that K9D wrote. Uh, and it just sort of sucks you into that world.
0: Now, I want to get back to, y- you were um, explaining... Forgot the name of the person? Someone asked you, well, Trickster. "How do you render a Trickster?"
2: Yes, yes, who absolutely. Who has a
0: wonderful DVD which you should watch, Mind Candy.
2: By Mind all Candy means. One and Two. Also, absolutely.
0: Moby Games, I believe he's the he's, founder of.
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: But uh, um, and three, three is coming out, Mind Candy Three. Uh, so Trickster, how do you render your? So he's asking you this. You, well,
2: I think the thing with with Trickster was that. The reason why he felt that I had sort of robbed him of this sense of, you know, technology was he thought that we were sort of rendering as we went through the production.
1: Yeah.
2: So that, you know, as the production was going, that it was filling an audio buffer and then streaming that and then filling it some more and then streaming it, right? Um, And and certainly, you know, in the past, that's exactly what what was done. And that was, you know, was one of the big reasons why 4Ks have changed so much is because now we can allocate a buffer, you know, X number of megabytes in size, yeah. and just call a wave out function. And, and you know, we've got this, you know, capacity within our hardware to ubiquitousness and the hardware to do that now. Back in the time of, like, a, you know, in 8086, you might have, you know, might be limited to 512K of me- memory. Right? Yeah. Not meg, just kilobytes, right? So you would have to do that sort of Render and then go And render then go And render and then go And So he had this Sort of this idea That that's what it would require and When I told him Oh no man You know we just render this You know that's, Great big honking thing
0: That's Trickster's, trickster's mindset No offense to Trickster but the, kind of the old school sort of oh, hacker it's, it's he is with all the, the old PCs That's yep. It's interesting And,
2: and Trickster it. and I are, are hopefully some luck Collaborating on some old style demos together Sweet So we're we're hoping to do some stuff On, on other platforms together on, on 8086
0: so. As far as, far as hardware is concerned now Does anyone, out of curiosity Does anyone Pop another thread to render the sound And then the demo thread Just reads off the tail of the buffer?
2: In terms of multi-threading, oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Uh, like that having way, a you don't have to wait
0: so long yeah. to have it render. That would be sounds complex for a 4 know. Something that, that might, you would
2: not typically do in a 4K, yeah. because you wouldn't want to have the overhead of managing the threads. Right?
0: Yeah. Um, oh, g- yeah, the thread user space thread management, would right? totally like,
2: kill a 4K. You know, so the the whole lot, you know. So and You hear
0: that, kids? 4K is no
2: threads. <laughs> well, the other thing that happens with 4K, typically, is you remove all error logging of any kind, right? So, typically, we would have conditional compilation that would have a debug mode, a windowed mode or full screen mode, right? And a yeah. debug mode, which, which, which would give us you know, feedback as to, oh, I you know, had a problem here, right? Or that type of thing. Whereas, uh, when we actually compile for real... All of it's gone, right? And if you think we're deallocating memory, forget it, right? You know, if we're allocating memory, we're not deallocating it. OS, you're going to have to pick that up, right? You know, yeah. some, you know things like that. All of those good programming, you know, things just get tossed, right? So uh, that's the reason for compatibility versions, right? You know, and, and people sometimes laugh at, at some of the size of our compatibility versions. Because you have a 4K. What do you mean it's got a 112 kilobyte compatibility version, you right?
1: Be,
0: yeah, we can release a 20-meg compatibility version.
2: What? Well, well the... Uh, <laughs> and, and legitimately <laughs> so. Like, there were some Dragon's Productions that took advantage of the voice synth uh, present and did some very tricky stuff. Man, yeah, you uh, Windows
0: people, no offense or anything, as far as uh, size-limited demos are concerned, you have a... It seems like you have a lot of... Uh, more standard uh sound stuff at your disposal
2: I, I would reckon Whereas to say the standardization for Unix is not yeah, so much yeah. uh, in Unix you've got some things that people would be a little envious of the L format has some things that can give you some some tricks uh the uh built-in gzip, you know Pretty being pretty ubiquitous yeah. is not a bad thing. I don't know
0: um, how that compares to cab uh, size or anything like that. It, but it's it's probably a little bit bad. slicker
2: than that, um, and that certainly has been done. Albeit now um, there are improvements on that. You know, really Krinkler Does Crinkler uh, use
0: its its own algorithm, its own compression algorithm, or? Is it has its. Uh,
2: uh, you know, certainly there are some wonderful lectures that have been done by. Uh, uh, Looney's, Blueberry of Looney's, and, and Lumic, uh I believe, he was also involved with it. Uh, and those gentlemen that wrote Clink or Crankler have talked about it. It has its own um, compression algorithm uh, that is a real memory hog. Uh, but the nice thing is that when you're talking about compressing 4K productions, it's a very different scenario than compressing something larger. So, it, you know, it is. Uh, really well suited for being in the 4K arena, yeah. uh, and it's a beautiful algorithm for that purpose.
0: What, I, what I'm doing for um, this is going to be Nesby and I. This is going to be a Windows uh, demo, right? And s- I don't really run Windows, so what I'm doing is I'm st- I don't have a data segment. Um, well, everything that I have mm. is in so I strip out the text segment and I gzip it mm-hmm. and I use that as a guide, so I'm really curious to see yeah, yeah. how small it'll be with Crinkler yeah. to see how it would compare.
2: Yeah.
0: I hope it's, it's a lot smaller, to be honest, with you. But
2: oh, I, I think with one of, the, one of the things there is you can use a similar technique, because you're writing the music, right? Um, for Ethereum, and this is funny, funny story, we had a musician out in Vancouver uh, that was... Uh, uh, writing our music for us, and I did the conversion to floating point, yeah, and, and pure assembly. So I wrote, he wrote it in C and C++, typically just C, right? Um, and we had this little framework in OpenGL that I had, that just threw up a screen of some kind, initialized OpenGL. So we gave it to him and said, hey, this this it doesn't matter what it does, you know, we've attached, you know, the the code to render it, right? <laughs> we don't care what it does. We've attached the code to render it, right?
1: Yeah.
2: And so, you know, I had this god awful screeching sound. I remember when I was writing this framework for him. I was like, Wah! you know, it was like some ridiculous thing that you would have like back in the Q Basic or Basic days or dw Basic, where you would just go for i equals one to you know ten thousand sound. You know, i comma you know zero point five or something ridiculous. Right, this yeah. this ramping up of, of tones. And it can sound very nice, though. Oh, it, I'm not knocking it. You know, there were some fun things that we, you know, all of us that were involved with microcomputers back at the time did. Um, but I had this little thing for him, this framework.
1: Yeah.
2: And it, it utilized OpenGL, and we had random number generation that we had going on, and these various effects and things. And I I remember very clearly because it was like August long, and I spent all August long weekend getting the code for the sound done. Yeah. And Chris was at the lake or, or something out in Vancouver camping. And, and for some reason, I, th- I think there was something where I, I had messed up something in, in the conversion. And I had you know the, my portable phone, and, and he's in Vancouver <laughs> listening on his cell phone. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? No, no, this routine over here, you screwed that up. No, no, man, I swear. You know? and, and what actually happened was, was my floating point code was correct. Yeah. Well, it was really a learning experience for it was that at that point we had taken his stuff and we had moved our graphical piece into DirectX. And we were initializing DirectX for the first time.
1: Yeah.
2: DirectX, by default, if you don't tell it otherwise, pushes your floating point into single point mode. Oh. All of a sudden our random number generation was getting a cycle within ten generations. Yeah, and a cycle shows up as a tone. Right, yeah. basically. So we had this scenario where, where all of a sudden we're getting this harmonic that's occurring within the audio stream that we don't expect. And, and he's like, your random number generator screwed up. I'm like, no way, man. That was the only thing that was written in assembly in the first place. There's no way. It's got. But then you know, I, I started tracing it, right? And I started to look at the numbers that were coming back. And the first ten numbers were all the same. Like, no way, man. Then uh, the 11th number was the first number. And yes. then the twelfth number was the second number, right? And we, we went through this experience, hmm. and I was like, "Oh, what the hell!" that's so, cool. That know, sounds
0: like a really a really cool sort of um, finding. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, right. So you know, and 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 I'm sure that you know, a, I think I've mentioned this to you know, a couple other seniors you know, that we're starting writing their since, and all right, if you're using DirectX use the FPU preserve flag.
0: Mm-hmm. It's your friend. Nudge, nudge.
2: You know, if you're You'll you're find r- out
0: in six months <laughs> or
2: something like that. <laughs> you it's know, if your random number generation price. starts going out to and you know, well, it depends what they're doing for it, right? But if they're using floats, yeah. chances are you're going to have some error showing up that would cause those cycles. So. I
1: see.
0: I'm a, I'm a big fan of for things that require large numbers, having a random number generator and just seeding it. Mm-hmm. With one number to configure yeah. a bunch of large numbers. That, that's and uh,
2: the the same approach that we had was we had the seed on the stack, you know, just right out of the box it would initialize uh, upon invoking the executable image, and that way, you know, you end up with the same result. Yeah, uh, it takes a while to to
0: uh, shift through the chaos of it until you find something that sounds nice, but. And it looks nice for that case, but but when you do it's it's kind of a cool technique.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh hmm uh ethereal. That was the name of it? Ethereum. Ethereum. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break and go to Ethereum. And again, you can't watch it on your speaker unfortunately, but you should watch it. So, uh we'll be right back. <coughs> Okay, yep. hey, we're back here.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: sorry. Uh, we're talking about uh, about Jay. Um, who is Jay? I don't.
1: don't uh,
2: know. Jay was the you know friend of mine uh, that I founded the Northern Dragons with. Yeah. And so he traveled to Finland, and I think for him, to be honest, uh, it was a chance to travel, right, and a chance to see things uh, and and to experience something different. So. Jay was involved in sort of the birth, but once we were born and so on, you know, it wasn't really his thing, right? So he went on and, and uh, kept sort of has kept tabs with us, as, uh, but have, having been involved in the birth of the dragons and the reason, in part, why the Northern Dragons is called the Northern Dragons is because of Jay. I
0: see. So what, were some of the, what were some of the, out of curiosity, what were some of what possible other names that were running through your head?
2: Well, I don't think we really had any definite other possible that went oh well we should call ourselves this or we should call ourselves that what happened was was Jay and I sat and this was before uh, Joe was involved uh, because Joe we sort of then went after and said hey we've got this group called the Northern Dragons we want you to write the music for our first production right
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and this is what we're doing and, and Joe was a friend from high school, and he knew when I got into the demo scene, and you know, he saw some of the productions that we loved, and things like that. So,
0: man, there was just I'm kind of uh, being nostalgic for me. There was this one kid in high, in uh, in grade school, mm-hmm. like seventh grade, and to be honest with you, who I kind of learned programming with, and was always into like graphical things, and, mm-hmm. and so was I to to a certain extent. I started to move to to more sort of texty, sort of Unixy things, but the uh, if we knew about demos back then, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of disappointed a little bit that uh, that's exactly what we would have done,
2: most definitely, I think. I, the neat thing is is that the average age of the senior is sort of in their early 30s, I yeah. think, especially in North America.
0: You read texts. Okay, on the Internet, you might read something that says that uh, most seniors are 13 and male. That's False uh on both counts. Uh for the especially the the uh the first count. Because no one is thirteen. There's um there's uh, this psychogenesis uh demo person who's fifteen I think. I forget his name, that's pretty cool. And I of course I don't know the, the age, but you say the average age is about thirty now.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's something that has grown up now we're starting to see you know, new groups form, right? Yeah. With people that are are in their late teens. You know, so 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there, right? Um, when I founded the Northern Dragons, I was in my early 20s, right? Yeah. But, of course, that was back in 2001, so it's uh, been a while since then, right? Now pull out um, your calculators, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm 33. Okay. There you go. So, uh, in, in terms of Jay being involved with us, though, Right, sort of getting back to that. Yeah. You know, it was a chance for him to travel. And and we loved it. And we also tacked on Germany uh, to our trip, So we spent... uh, We had a fantastic travel agent. What can I say? He found that by spending an extra 90 bucks... Really? uh, With Finnair, as opposed to Air Canada at the time, uh, that we could spend up to 90 days either in Frankfurt or Munich. Uh, We tried for Munich, but... We couldn't pull that off uh, because of some timings or something. And we managed to get to uh, Frankfurt. but uh, So we toured Germany for about a week before going over to assembly and going over to Finland and had an amazing time there. Cool. So cool. And that was, for me, also life-defining to a degree. Really? Uh, because that gave me a... The demo scene. Okay. I, I can thank the demo scene for giving me the inspiration and the reason to travel and go into a foreign country that didn't speak, you know, you know, the language. E- English isn't their that's, first language. To
0: be right? honest with you, that's that's going to be the reason why i, I plan planning going to Breakpoint probably yeah. pretty soon here, and that's the reason why I'm going to Germany uh, for other reasons, of course, too. But that's that's the motivating. It, it's the,
2: the the firecracker, right? That, that gets under your pants and, and just. Consces you to go for it. Yeah. Uh, after that, though, I have probably been to about 13, 14 different countries for personal travel.
1: Yeah.
2: And not necessarily demo scene related. Uh, and and have loved it. And it's been a great joy in my life uh, to travel and experience other cultures, to study other languages. So I, I wouldn't have studied... Uh, German or, or Finnish or Arabic or you know any of these other languages, uh, which are also fun, you know, because you meet somebody that happens to be from one of these countries, and next thing you know, you've got you know a buddy, you know, a best buddy, you yeah. know, because you happen to speak some of their local language. Right? Um, so.
0: Cool. Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna close up the interview here. Um, do you have any uh, demo that you want us to listen to? Uh? I listen to, it's kind of weird because gives it a speaker, but you Watch it! You'll oh, listen to I, I the soundtrack, but you got to watch it too
2: I think all of our stuff Is, is fabulous um, Alright, everything <laughs> Listen to everything we'll ever be, done by the Northern Dragons
0: We'll be right back while we listen to everything by the Northern uh,
2: Dragons the, I, If I had to pick one I would suggest uh, Maybe picking Blobzilla 4000
0: And what kind of demo is, was Blobzilla 4000?
2: Blobzilla 4000 it's actually a 4K.
1: Yeah.
2: But on a lark, we said, we should call it Bobzilla 4000. And you know what? It should be no more than, than 4000 4, bytes. Yeah. And at the time, we were more than 4K. And so we had this, I had this sort of like, oh, dear God, I was going to try to get this to fit 4K. Now <laughs> i got to do 4000, <laughs> right? And it was funny because we had this massive team that I was working on We had too many cooks in the kitchen, but every night we'd have this new feature, and every night I would shrink it down to less than 4K, or 4,000 at the time. Yeah. Then all of a sudden people would add more, and I'd shrink it down again, right? You know, changing the algorithms, working things differently, you know, uh, changing the way that the entropy worked in terms of code, you know, duplication and so on. So we had this consistent tug of war, like how far can Polaris go to take our <coughs> stuff and just squish it that much more, right?
0: Let's and see how uh, pissed they can get Polaris.
2: <laughs> and then we had this 4,000 thing on top you of it. You
0: can't get this down.
2: But, you know, I'll let you in on, on I guess, a little uh, secret. I'm going to edit well. that out because
0: I don't like saying that word and I just realized <laughs> I did. So, uh,
2: I'm sorry. What were you saying? Uh, another, little, I guess you could say like a golden egg or, or, or a little insider secret. Look at that production with a hex header. Yeah You'll find Ooh. out That we actually did it In less than 4,000 bytes But we padded the executable what With a message
0: ah, I In what order to make it
2: 4,000 so.
0: Don't tell me I will find out myself
2: It's nothing brilliant It's just A little footprint that pushed us there.
0: It's 4,000 bytes, you might as well do this with, 4,096 bytes, you might as well do this with every 4K that you find, because see, maybe this is, maybe there are some messages out there, I never thought about
2: that. It's entirely possible, you know, the, the dead beef, right, where you just go dead beef, dead beef, dead beef, in order to, you know, fill up <laughs> your executable, right, to yeah. the point where it is where you wanted it to be, and I'm sure, 4K is probably not so much, right, but I'm sure that 64 Ks got a lot of 64Ks, I'm sure, that have some, some text dependent at the end of that executable image just for fun. Yeah. So.
0: Huh. All right. Well, good night. It was, uh, it was, it was good having you uh, as a guest. And uh, I'll see you around. And I'll definitely see you at the next blog party. And I
2: do try to Uh, answer newcomers' questions. I get an incredible amount of spam, but I go through an incredible amount of spam so that anyone that wishes to email me can actually reach me at polaris at dragons.ca. So I, I advise anybody that wants to ask me a creative question, something maybe a little different or something that they're really dying to know, to go ahead and ask me, and I will do my best to correspond with you. Um, because I do troll through all the spam just for your message. So
0: See? please he email cares. me. He cares, ladies and Make gentlemen. it worthwhile. Um, do you have any other websites? So, what's the website of Nor- Northern Dragons?
2: Northern Dragons, uh, www.northerndragons.ca, which stands for Canada, not California. Uh, <laughs> and California, top domain. We have had, had that sometimes, absolutely. I'm sure. So Okay. Uh, but I will also say that the Northern Dragons has been blessed to have an international community of artists that work with us. Sweet. So while we are focused with Canadian membership, or, or even members that were Canadian have become uh, U.S. Uh, living in the U.S., uh, we're not exclusive in that way, and uh, I wouldn't want anyone to think that we are.
0: So okay. And then there is In4K.
2: Uh, underground.net.
0: Yep. Just type
2: In4K into search page and you'll find it.
0: And, uh, so, uh, we're going to close the program with Blobzilla for a thousand.
1: Take care, everyone.
0: anyone who is, is, if I've asked any questions, and uh, we got half the answer and switched to another subject, and you're disappointed, I'm sorry, but uh, you wanted to mention, we were just talking about and you wanted to mention uh, how you got the name, for the Dragons. Yeah,
2: you you had started on on talking about the, the name for the dragons. And I realized that we didn't come back to it, so I was like, "Oh well, did you want to know?" And you're like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, it, it is just like any other thing—a you know, very organic and, and funny story. Um, the Northern Dragons sort of founded over conversations that were held at a pub in Winnipeg, uh, yeah. the Kingshead Pub on King Street. Uh, People
0: so will be coming there.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. With cameras great in the great big scene, you know. Yeah. Uh, this just where you know Dave and and. and Jay got their start You know Founded sat the sat right here And uh It's it gonna
0: be Photographs of you guys
2: Oh exactly albeit uh, they've Renovated so You can't get the Exact spot we sat Anymore it's, it's Oh no But you know They're gonna have
0: to Make the exact Same spot You sat y- They
2: need to Renovate in order To have well, the Capacity of all The people that Will be going to The King's Head In exactly. order to do it and, and ironically Enough the owner's Name is also Jay So if you happen To go ask for Jay And, and uh So Anyway uh, while sitting there and having, uh, you know, conversation over a few pints, debating this brilliant idea of making a production and going halfway across the planet in order to attend this event called Assembly, uh, we were talking about group names. And, and founding with, you know, the two of us starting it off and then getting a third member right off the hop, uh, we wanted something that was showed our roots as being Canadian, right? So I thought, okay, well, Northern, right, you know, Truth, North, strong and free, right? You know, with a Canadian identity, right? Uh, so we figured, okay, well, we'll do Northern. Uh, and then one of our buddies that you know, wasn't doing this with us, but we were just chatting and we had all kinds of friends at the bar, was, was teasing us, saying, oh, the Northern lights, the Northern pixies, the Northern sprites, you know. And I like that, the Northern
0: pixies, then you mentioned it.
2: Hey, it's open. You yeah. can go for it. Uh, and. So I, I was like, "No, man, the Northern Dragons," like, argh, you know, type of thing, right? Well, little did you know, the name stuck, and uh, so sure enough, we became the Northern Dragons, and our birth date, which is the first of January, uh, sorry, the twelfth of January, two thousand and one, was the date that we actually said, "Okay, that is our name." And so that's like for for the sense of the dragon's history, that's when we sort of became incorporated or something, where where yeah. we actually at that point in time had a had a name. Okay, cool. So.
0: All right, well, well, thank you.
2: No problem. And if there's really a lot of questions that come up after this, yeah. that people are banging on the door saying, hey, you didn't answer this or you didn't come back to this or that, maybe it's an opportunity to do this again. I'd be yeah. happy to, to answer any more questions.
0: Interviews by popular demand, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. So come knocking on our doors and let us know if you want to hear more. So uh, take care and bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Hack Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.